today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. On this cross are just a small portion of the multitude of names that our Savior is known by. We look at these, he's King of Kings. He is light of the world. He is Savior. He is Jesus Christ. He is Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, the way, the truth, the life, the Lamb of God, the bread of life, Alpha and Omega. He is Messiah and beloved, he is Jehovah. He is God in human flesh. And what an awesome picture and declaration that is for us of the completion of Christ. From all of us here at The Open Word, Merry Christmas. And that's exactly what Pastor David will be sharing with us in this fifth and final installment of his series on the Advent season. Today, we'll hear the story we've all heard many times before, the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. And yet Pastor David shares it in such a fresh way today. We encourage you to listen to this familiar story with an open heart to hear what the Lord might speak afresh to you. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message, The Redemption Candle. Well, we've made it through all four weeks of the Advent season, and actually Advent ended last night, Christmas Eve. But again, it is the understanding that through those four weeks, it was a building of anticipation, a building of our own personal focus toward the gift of Christ for us. We've gone through that week with that understanding that yes, he came as the little child, humble, very vulnerable, born as a child, but also a reminder week after week after week that there is that second advent, that second coming of Christ, when that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, four Sundays ago, we lit the first candle, the prophecy candle or the candle of hope. And remember, we remember the messages of the prophets at that point in time. We remember that it was a message of hope to the discouraged at that point. We remember that it was a message of hope to those that were oppressed, those that were hopeless, that the message that Messiah was coming gave them hope even in the midst of all those things. We also remember those who first spoke of the promise of the first advent or the first coming of the Christ child were also the same ones that spoke of his second coming, that also he would come not only as the, 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 the sacrifice, but he would come as that reigning king. And for many of that time, they were confused about how these prophecies could ever be blended together. And it wasn't until Christ came, lived his life on the earth, 
again, displayed the glory of God within his own life, showed us the heart of the Father in his own life that we realize that he came first as a sacrifice, but he's coming again, his second advent, he's coming again as that glorious reigning king. Three Sundays ago, we lit the Bethlehem candle or the candle of preparation. It symbolized to us the preparations that are being made this year. Now, I don't know about you guys, what your family was, whether you celebrated last night, whether you're gonna celebrate later this morning. I'm gonna celebrate tonight because after this service, I'm getting on an airplane and then I'm going to be flying to Austin, Texas, where all of my family is. Todd's been there for a few days already and all the kids are there. That's when we're gonna celebrate together. Right now, my grandchildren probably hate me because they were only allowed to open up a couple of presents this morning, and the rest of them, they had to wait till Papa got there. I kept telling them, no, no, let them open them up, let them open them up. So preparation, but more than just the preparation of house and kitchen and lights and the festivities that are going on, the most important preparations that we need to make, each one of us, is to receive, again, that gift of the Christ child. The fact that he came as the gift of God. The fact that he came, again, for us as a sacrifice for us, as well as the preparations you and I need to make in getting our hearts ready for his second coming. That when he comes that second time, he does come as that reigning, ruling king, making preparation, not only in our homes, preparation in our hearts. Preparation not only for the first coming, the receiving of the sacrifice that was given, but even as believers. Are you prepared should the Lord come even this afternoon, even today? Are you waiting with anticipation of the soon coming of Christ? The promise is, is that any moment at any time, Jesus himself says, no man knows the hour, no man but the Father above. Are you prepared? Have you made preparation in your own life? Two Sundays ago, then we lit the shepherd's candle or the candle of joy, and it reminded us of the first in a long line of people that received that good news of the Savior's birth and then joyfully, as the word said, made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. This candle, the shepherd's candle, it encouraged us to receive, not only to receive, but to share that same good news in our day. Just as those shepherds did, you and I are called to be the evangels of the day, the proclaimers, the ones that, again, declared the truth of the coming of Christ. Both the fullness of his first advent as well as the surety of his second advent. And then last Sunday, we lit the fourth candle, the angel's candle or the candle of love, and it reminded us that love came down dwelt among us. The word says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word there is actually tabernacled or he pitched his tent with us. He came to abide with us and to live with us. The message of the angels was, again, the declaration of the greatness of the love that God had for all humankind and how that was demonstrated and again fulfilled in that first coming of our Savior and also God's continuing love for mankind in the fact that he is coming again. Yes, he's coming as a judge. There's no doubt about that. But he's coming because of the greatness of his love to receive us unto himself that where he is, there we will be also for all of those who have come by faith to receive Christ. So again, the demonstration and the fullness of God's love. So the Advent season ends 
We wait no longer. The great event that, that we waited for, watched in anticipation, has happened. God's promise of a redeemer was fulfilled. Christ was born. The word had become flesh. But today, now we light the center candle. You might look around and say, I don't see a center candle. Remember, we've been talking about we're gonna light the cross as our center candle because with it, not only declaring the reason why that baby came, he came to go to the cross from the manger to the cross to the throne. That's the process. That's the direction that he went. And on this cross are just a small portion of the multitude of names that our Savior is known by. We look at these. He's King of Kings. He is light of the world. He is Savior. He is Jesus Christ. He is Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, the way, the truth, the life, the Lamb of God, the bread of life, Alpha and Omega, he is Messiah, and beloved, he is Jehovah. He is God in human flesh. And what an awesome picture and declaration that is for us of the completion of Christ. It's called the Christ candle or the candle of redemption. We light it with praise to our God because through that first advent of the Savior, he brought the assurance of hope to a lost and a dying world. We light it with praise to God because he forewarned us of the coming of the promised one, allowing us to be able to make preparation, allowing us to live our lives in a way to be able to receive the one who is called the blessed hope. The sinner cross is lit with praise to our God because he's filled us with the joy of the Savior, the joy of knowing that through the message to ordinary men, remember the shepherds, to ordinary men, our great king offers salvation to all men. It didn't come just to the high and the mighty. No, it came to ordinary men. And those ordinary men spread it to ordinary people all around them in order that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord would be saved. We light that cross as a reminder of God, that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him might have life, might have it everlasting. It reminds us of how God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're gonna look at two short passages this morning as we kind of wrap things up here. We're gonna celebrate together this gift of God's great love for us. The first passage is found in the Old Testament. Very familiar passage to you should be Isaiah chapter nine. I invite you to take your Bibles, turn there, Isaiah chapter nine. Follow along with me if you would as I read, beginning in verse two of Isaiah chapter nine. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the days of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. And then in verse six, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called, what? Wonderful, Counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I wanna zero in just primarily on a couple of those verses here. Verse number two and verse number six. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Well, up in verse one, it speaks about Galilee of the Gentiles. Jesus was born up in the area of Galilee. It was a, it was a district in the northern area of Israel. So was the hope only for Galilee? No. That's where Jesus lived. That's where his family was from. He was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth, up in the Galilean area. But the hope wasn't just for the Galileans. The hope is for the whole world. Why? Because all lived in darkness outside of the knowledge of Christ. The hope and the promise was for all men everywhere. Down in verse six, it says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. The inclusiveness of that reaches out so far and beyond that all men everywhere can hear the message of the hope of the gospel to be able to turn in their hearts and their lives, surrendering their lives, surrendering their hearts to him. For unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. That means for everyone that's here today, for all those that, that would come to a fullness of the knowledge of Christ. The gift has been given to all men, but only those that receive it does it become effective for them. It says the government will be upon his shoulder. Which government is that? The, the one of uh, Israel, the one of the United States? No, all governments. The fullness and the truth of all governments. When he comes and reigns and comes into his power and his authority, all things will be fully under his control. Right now, as sovereign, all things are under his hand. But when he comes that second time, it's going to be, at a, again, at a, at, a, at a way and at a matter that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It says that his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. There's a lot of uh, discussion on that. Is that uh, Wonderful and Counselor, or is it Wonderful Counselor? And the answer to that is yes. He is a wonderful one and he is a counselor, but beyond that, he's a wonderful counselor. A wonderful counselor. What an amazing counselor that would be. You go to a counselor because you've got issues going on in your life, you want some input, you want some direction, and here this counselor knows everything about you. Knows all of your past, all of your present, and beyond that, he knows all of your future. What a wonderful counselor that is. Not only does he give the, 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 the wisdom that he has, but he has the wisdom of the universe. He is God in human flesh. He has the wisdom of God pouring into our lives. What a wonderful counselor he is. Says that he is mighty God, and the word there is El Gabor, meaning a mighty warrior a strong and mighty God. That's the God that we serve. That's Christ coming again, the might and the power of his authority. It says then he is also called everlasting father. Now that's hard for us to wrap our brains around. Wait a minute, he's the son, but now you're telling me he's 
the Father. How can you be the Father and the Son at the same time? How can the Son be, that was given be called the Father unless they are in essence one, one and the same? The doctrine of the Trinity, one man writes, means that there is one God who eternally exists as three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Stated differently, God is one in essence and three in person. Did you get that? One in essence, but three in person. These definitions express three crucial truths. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinct persons, and yet each person is fully God, and there is only one God. There is not a multiple of gods or plurality of gods. There is one God who reveals himself distinctly in the three persons of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next, he says here in Isaiah that he is the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince who brings peace, who gives peace, and he will bring about that final universal peace when he comes to reign and rule over all of his creation. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome Savior that's been given to us to be able to call upon his name, to be able to cry out to him, to be able to trust in him, to be able to submit our lives to him, and to be able to understand his work and move within our lives. The second and final passage I want us to look at is another very familiar one. It's found in the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter two, if you want to flip over to there. Luke two. I won't read the whole thing this morning, but I want to read a portion of it. In Luke chapter two, you know this is, again, the event of Mary and Joseph having to go down to Bethlehem because of the taxation of Caesar Augustus. But let's drop down to verse six. And so it was that while they were there, while they were there in Bethlehem, that the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, that they may come with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart." Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. 
of all of that passage, as beautiful as that is and as powerful as that is, I want you to zero in on one verse with me real quickly. Verse 11. Look what verse 11 says. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Born to you, that's, that's, that's the message of Christmas. Born to you, a Savior. That is the fullness of the message of Christmas because with the Savior, in order for him to be the Savior, he had to be the sacrifice. And in the midst of all of that, as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the anointed one, he comes as that gift of God to you and I in order that as we surrender our lives to him, as we live our lives to his glory, as we live with an anticipation of his soon coming, he works and moves and reveals himself to us in amazing and in powerful ways. For there is born to you an interesting correlation there, even with Isaiah chapter nine. What did we hear in Isaiah chapter nine? Unto us a child is given. And here he says, unto you this child is born. I want to look one other quick verse. I know I told you only two, but I was just, I was just joking with you. Uh, look with me, Galatians chapter four, verse four through seven. Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. Paul writes to the church of Galatia, and thus writing to all of us, he writes these words in Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. He said, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. To be more inclusive here, we'll just say sons and daughters, that we might be received in that adoption. He says, when the fullness of time had come. What does that fullness of time mean? That mean the, the, the nine months for her delivery time had come and in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son? I believe it's much more than that. I believe that God had planned and determined a particular time and a particular place for the Christ child to be born. It's an amazing time when Christ was born. Romans ruled the known world or what would be called the quote unquote civilized world at that point in time. Rome had had such a wide stretch of, 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 of power and authority and Rome as they were building their kingdom, there was a lot of things that they did that they did right. Number one, they had one language that all of the people would, would grow and to understand. They used the Greek language, both in trade and in, in many other aspects. So the Greek language became, in essence for them, a universal language, or at least over all of the Roman Empire. One of the other things that the Romans did is they built good roads between each one of their outposts. So the spreading of the gospel was able to proceed very quickly and easily because of what the Romans had done. In the fullness of time, was it because it was a time when the language was very common in much of the known world? Was it in the fullness of time because the roads were made available to where the gospel could spread in the fullness and, and then the completeness of all of that culture? Or was it in the fullness of time because God knew the greatness of the need of man and so he sent Christ 
at that time. At one point in history, an incredible and unimaginable event occurred. Heaven came down to earth in the form of a tiny baby and stayed long enough to change the world. As we celebrate the birth of our Savior this Christmas season, may you allow the love and joy that was wrapped up with Him to fill your heart and spill over to those you love. If you'd like to listen again to today's message or discover other teachings by Pastor David, you can do so at theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast to have updated messages as soon as they're available. Right now, Pastor David has a special message to share with you. Hey, thanks, Chris. You know, this holiday season, I'd like to take a moment to remind all of us of the people around us that may be looking at Christmas from a different perspective. You know, sadly, there's many that don't have a happy family to celebrate with, and depression can pretty much overshadow every part of the festivities. Many people don't know the joy that Jesus can bring them. I'd like to encourage you to pray for everyone you might encounter and be open to sharing the hope that surrounds the true reason for this season. If you too are among those who don't see the merriment of this holiday, please know that all of us here at The Open Word are praying for you. May Jesus fill you with inexplicable joy today. Thanks for listening today to The Open Word. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll join us again. Merry Christmas, everyone.